The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you, wishing to construct a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost? to see if there is enough for its completion. Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have enough resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. I hope you're all having a wonderful Labor Day weekend with family and friends. The message from today's readings in the gospel, Jesus says something quite uh, profound when he asks us to pick up our cross and to follow him if we want to be his disciples. And that might sound not such an easy thing to do. He is asking us to, to do something good with our life, to aim higher, and to take responsibility for ourselves on our shoulders. Perhaps, though, if we go to the first reading, it might make a little more sense just how beautiful what Jesus is actually inviting us to. You see, in the first reading, we read from the Book of Wisdom. And there's a, a few books in the Old Testament that we call wisdom books. And we don't really know who wrote them. It seems like King Solomon and those of his advisors around him probably put these writings together. In the Old Testament, often it was a prophet who would come and would sort of speak God's word. But often the kings and the queens of that ancient time would have advisors or you might call them a sage or a wise man. And God also spoke through those sages of old. And four of those books from those sages are in the Old Testament. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and the Book of Solomon, the Wisdom of Solomon. So a little bit of Bible trivia for you there. The Book of Wisdom is is actually quite deep in its reflection because it, it manages to come to the conclusion that we will live in the resurrection, that at death it's not the end, but life continues. One of the passages I'd like to put up on the screen here spoke to me a little bit this week as I was reflecting on different things. Doesn't seem like much, but it says the, the corruptible body burdens the soul. 
and it continues, right? And uh, the thought process here is that the earthen shelter weighs down are the mind, which has many concerns. Now, you might be wondering, why is that really that important? It, well, it, it said something to me, a reflection I've been making over the last almost, maybe sounds a little dramatic, but I've been in ministry for about 20 years, and so sometimes you get to a point where you can just realize some truths that perhaps aren't so easily understood in theory. I'd like to go a little bit farther back in time, though, to the book of Genesis, because there God reveals something. We call Scripture revelation because God is telling us things that we could never figure out on our own. And, and one of those things we couldn't understand was in chapter 3. God has created a beautiful paradise. He's created Adam and Eve. He created Adam and Eve to live with him. It's the face and yet, Adam and Eve in chapter 3, they begin to doubt because of the serpent, and they decide to separate themselves from God. And so they run off into the forest, they cover themselves with fig leaves, and from that moment on, nothing goes right. We were made to live with God, not far from God, and when we're far from God, nothing in life truly can go well. It's sort of a silly analogy, but a car is made to run on gas. If it doesn't have gas, it's not going to work. Our souls are made to run on divine life. Far from God, our body, our soul, what it means to be a person doesn't go well. And so whenever we're tempted to maybe be upset with God because things in the world aren't the way they should be, there's wars and there's plagues and there's pandemics and there's tornadoes, and there's children that might have leukemia or something, and it's, you just think, how is it that God could create a world like this? And Genesis tells us the answer. God is saying, my children, the world you're in is not the world I created. The world you're in is not the world the way it's meant to be. And God has given us a solution. His son came to the earth, and his son left the garden to come after us as we've wandered away in sin. And Jesus encounters us with his mercy and love and says, if you want to go back to the garden, if you want to be healed, if you want salvation, follow me. And that's why it's beautiful for when he says, take up your cross and follow me. That's how Jesus saved us. He's saying, come with me. Be a Simon of Cyrene today. Pick up your cross and together let's climb Calvary and save the world by offering our lives. That's a beautiful but hard thing to do. And one reflection that I've had over the years is, is often, if we take seriously what the Book of Wisdom is saying, being human is hard the corruptible body burdens the soul. We weren't meant to be in a world like this. It's not easy. Many are born into life already with a series of problems, maybe a birth defect of some kind, or maybe it's a genetic disposition through family genes, you could say, that makes them very susceptible to an addiction, perhaps to alcohol. And they're already from day one, from the moment we're conceived, we're under the weight of original sin, and it makes life hard. 
And so perhaps we can be a little bit more compassionate to our neighbor. What I mean to say is that person in your family or that neighbor around you or someone who is choosing a lifestyle that you don't agree with, perhaps it's an orientation that they've chosen or, or an identity that they're struggling with and you might disagree with that, but if we really look deeply underneath all of that at the bottom, underneath, if we peel that back, there's a little boy and a little girl who is suffering a very heavy cross. Jesus didn't tell us to make others' crosses heavier. And he didn't tell us to judge either. He's the one who's going to judge, but he did ask us to be mercy in the world, to be his heart. That's our job. A Christian doesn't leave their cross behind. They pick up their cross and they help others to carry their cross. It's very easy as a Christian perhaps to take the scripture and to use scripture to condemn someone and to use your scripture to justify who you are and, and imagine yourself as better than the world because there's so much sin out there. And that's not what it means to be a Christian and that's not what we do here. Whatever your cross, wherever you're at in your journey, whatever that weight is, you are welcome here. Jesus' invitation today is to say, wherever you're at on that journey, take the next step. No one's perfect here. And perhaps we never truly will be till we get to heaven. But we do want to be a very welcoming place because the only way we're going to get healing for those wounds is if we encounter Christ in a personal way, not as a theory, not as an idea, but you meet Christ. The book of wisdom ends by saying that the wisdom is actually the spirit of God, which for us Christians is the Holy Spirit. Through this liturgy, we receive grace, we encounter Christ in the bread of life, and we receive God's divine life in us to keep struggling under the weight of our own daily crosses. That is beautiful, and that is Christian.